Welcome to the official podcast of the Entrepreneur Summit. These are events that teach you strategies from the experts, lessons learned from the trenches, and connections to take your business to the next level. Welcome to another episode of season three of the Entrepreneur Summit podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Smith, and we are so excited to be back for our third year. Once again, we'll be in Frisco, Texas, and this year we are moving to a two-day event on June 18th and 19th. Now, what's unique about this is you can come for one day or you can come for two days, however you'd like to buy your ticket. We have a one-day option, a two-day option, and a VIP option that gets you into the VIP happy hour in addition to the two-day event. So you can see our entire lineup get your tickets, use code GUEST, G-U-E-S-T, for 20% off, all over at eSummitEvents.com, eSummitEvents.com. Before we get into this episode, I want to first thank our sponsors. First, we have IKEA, and IKEA in Frisco is right next to our venue over at the uh, convention center in Frisco, and they are it's a beautiful facility. They're all about helping business owners with their spaces. So whether you are a solo person with your uh, home office, they will help you redesign that entire thing. Or if you've got an office building that you need some help with with design, utilize their design center because I'm telling you, they are amazing. So check them out. Of course, ikea.com and then specifically to the Frisco one just off 121 and the tollway. We also are welcoming, once again, for the third year in a row, the Frisco EDC. Frisco is a suburb of Dallas, if you don't know about it, and is literally one of the fastest growing cities in America and has has just been voted the best place to start a small business. So it kind of worked out perfectly that we uh, launched our Entrepreneur Summit here and we continue to be here. So the Frisco Economic Development Center is an incredible organization bringing great companies here to Frisco. If you're thinking about starting a business, if you've got a business, you need a great place to build it. I'm telling you, I'm not sure there's a better place to do that than Frisco, Texas. Our other sponsor we want to thank is Salesforce. Salesforce has an incredible suite of products for small businesses. They'll be at this year's summit in addition to helping business owners learn how to utilize some of these amazing tools to streamline set some processes in, save some time, save some money. They'll be here to help you do just that. So check them out over at salesforce.com. And again, you'll be able to meet them on June 18th and 19th at the summit. So go get your tickets now. Hurry up. EastSummitEvents.com. Again, use code guest. And uh, here is our next episode of the podcast. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Summit podcast. We are in season three, ready for our 2018 event. I have another incredible speaker here and I have Kevin Hart with Ariel. Kevin, welcome. Thank you for having me today. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and coming to the summit. I'm so excited to have you. And Kevin is Ariel's and owns Ariel and it's an augmented reality company. And he's going to be at our summit this year talking about design. And why I love this topic is because, yes, many people look at design as, well, if, if I'm not a tech company or I'm not this, I don't necessarily need design. But design really is something to consider in every aspect of your, of your business. Is, is that, would you agree with that? Absolutely. It's a, it's a part of our world that I'll dive into a little bit further on how it ultimately changes behaviors. 
could be for the positive or could be for the negative. So we want to make sure there's always positive design out there to help influence people to participate with your business in the best way. I love it. So before we jump into the talk, do you want to talk just about Ariel for a quick second? I know you have some pretty incredible clients. Um, you do, you're doing some amazing things with your company. Do you want to just give a brief overview of what you all do? Absolutely. So Ariel is a geospatial augmented reality platform. So what that means is in the past, augmented reality was based off of all image or marker-based recognition. So you scan a picture or a QR code and you get a little 3D model on top of that. So I noticed that as a huge limitation because one, your experience is limited to the dimensions your camera could recognize. And then two, with the new technologies coming out with like AR Core and AR Kit by Apple and Google, you can't have shared experiences. So you can't have two people looking at the same content from two different perspectives. So it's really kind of an individual experience that you're having and really is limiting. So at Ariel, what we did is we patented and created the ability to place 2D, 3D video and interactive content at longitude, latitude, and altitude coordinates. So you can place any content anywhere in the world instantly without a limitation on the dimension of the experience. And you can walk up around and interact with it as if it's part of your real world. That's amazing. Can you talk about just a couple uses of, of how people are, how some of the companies you're working with are using this? Absolutely. So um, we've done work with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, so we're inside of their mobile application now, and there'll be new stuff coming out throughout the summer and next season. But right now, um, we worked with the company Capture Dimensions that uh, 3D scans people. We scan the entire team, um, and including Dirk Nowitzki. And we have him anchored outside of the American Airlines Center. So you can walk up around him as a 3D scan that's hyper-realistic. You can take pictures with them and share them on social media. Um, we've also done work with like the college football playoff, where we took a, a two-scale size of a 3D model of the trophy, as well as a floating interactive jumbotron, and anchored at 150 college campuses world or nationwide, um, so that fans could take their picture with the trophy, and they can also interact with the jumbotron to see highlights from previous seasons. Um, but we've also done work with great clients like uh, Shark Week for Discovery Channel, Nike, um, and several others that are in the works that we're excited to share, but we just can't do that yet. So you got a few, few kind of smaller clients, right? You're pushing a lot. <laughs> so let's go. That's right. So let's go back to the to the small business and 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 design. I really want to cover um, why design is so important for every business. So maybe I'm not necessarily a tech company. Maybe you know. I, I don't feel like design is really something I need to pay attention to. Can you make the case of why that's just not true? Absolutely. So um, to give you a little background about myself, um, my three majors are in business psychology and neuroscience, and I always had a passion for design. But when it comes to design and the way the brain thinks, that's really what user experience design is all about. And so you got to think everything that um, there's this concept called ontological design, meaning what we design ultimately designs us back. And this goes down to, just the way that our minds work. It started out with cavemen. Um, we figured out how to make tools and fire. So it allowed us to not have to chew meat as much because we were able to cook it and cut it. And so it made our jaws smaller. So that's an old case of it. But nowadays, we as uh, mankind design a mobile phone, which changes the way we interact with others in the world around us on a daily basis. It even There's even studies about how architecture, uh, we design it as man, but it can have positive or negative effects on the employees that are in that building because of the way it's designed. So design is absolutely critical in every single thing that we do. 
So when you're talking about it um, and, and presenting it to potential clients or having the branding and the representation of what your company is, you have to have all optimal design that's going to pull people in, interest them, and ultimately show the quality of the product that you're offering. And so, um, like if you look at Apple, you know, it's a very clean, sleek, consistent design that appeals to people and talks about elegance. So everybody always thinks it's more of a prestigious product. A lot of that goes back into the psychology of design that's applied to it. It's so interesting. So when it comes to what are some of the what are like, maybe I haven't thought about design from this perspective yet. Maybe I haven't really put it on my radar. Where do you begin on, on really thinking about this first of all, and be beginning to implement it? Sure. So one of the things that we always like to do with our clients and how we actually design experiences is we start out with ideation. So what's important, if you remember with that ontological design that I was talking about of what we design ultimately designs us back we immediately talk to the client about what behaviors is it that you want to design in your users? What is it you want them to do? Do you want them to purchase something? Do you want them to share something? Do you want them to travel from point A to point B? Do you want them to come back a certain amount of times? What is those triggers? What is it do you want? How is it you want them to behave? So once we understand and establish those goals, then our team of creatives goes back and essentially reverse engineers the experience that will help deliver um, those KPIs. So this is basically, you're thinking, I mean, and it, it could be, you have to think of design for every single touch point, every single thing you do. Like, um, I'm just thinking of like a physical product. Like, how are you thinking, like as the packaging, right? Let's think of the design of a package. Absolutely. So, I mean, it goes down to like, and a lot of people will probably wrinkle their nose at me for saying this, but like, I'm not a wine connoisseur, but if I go out and I buy a bottle of wine, more often than not, I'll buy it based off the design on the label because the designer in me is like, no, that's good packaging design. And then I'll get that bottle of wine. It really comes down to packaging experiences. There's literally design for everything. No, that's true. Some people like you get, you're just like, this is a funny <laughs> name. I just have to at least try it. This is at least a funny name. Exactly. But like when you're doing it, like, so for a package, like in that perspective, are you designing strictly for you want somebody to buy it always? Or are there cases where the design is just meant for, you know, just something else? You know, does that question make sense? Like, are you always saying, I want somebody to see this package and buy it always? Um, no, that has a part to do with it. So what it really comes down to is, um, you know, there's a, a um, a professor up at Stanford who's the founder of the Institute of um, Computer Application and Persuasive Technology. His name's BJ Fogg, and he always talks about habit forming technology, but it's not only applicable to technology, it's also applicable to physical products. And what it really is is that inside we have, or on the outside, there's an external trigger. So you have good design on a package, or you want people to keep coming back and using it more. But what it's ultimately doing is satisfying an internal trigger that we have some sort of need. And so you want to keep this perpetual cycle going where you have something out there that you want to buy that's satisfying something internally. Um, and so you have that with packaging design, you have it with, like, I keep going back to Apple because they do such a phenomenal job of it. But like when you buy a new iPhone with them, half of the experience is the unpackaging. You know how you slowly are able to pull that cover off because of how tightly the measurements are. It's building an anticipation. And then everything's perfectly organized there and stacked in a way 
that you're going to have this reveal. So you have the amazing moment where you pull the top off, you have your new iPhone 10, then under it, you have your instructions on how you're going to deploy or set it up. And then you're going to have your headphones. So everything is planned for that user experience. Um, and one other touch point I want to add outside of physical products, when you're introducing your business to someone, I always like to say it's a personal philosophy, but the root word of presentation is present. So you want to give them the gift of knowledge or experience, something that's going to set yourself apart from other people who they see present to them all the time. So what ways can you do that? Show them something they've never seen before. Talk to them and tell them a story that they've never been able to experience before. So if you go into it um, with that mentality, it can really change a lot of things. So can you get, that's interesting. Can you give an example of that? Or I know you said like, tell a story or something like that. Like, are you just talking an everyday meeting or presentation or? So we always like to do it with presentation. So um, if one of our main presentations that we always used to introduce, it's an interactive presentation. And what I mean by that is I've set it up to where it's clickable in the way that like a website would work. So you have like navigation that you can click through and go down different paths throughout the presentation. That way you have this massive presentation that you can cover a wide scope of things, but based off of the way the conversation's going, you're able to pivot the way you talk throughout to have essentially a custom presentation for your ideal audience that you're in front of. And so you can always cover a wide range of things. If any questions pop up, it allows you to navigate back to maybe like the intellectual property slide where that might not be the focal point of conversation if you're meeting with an agency, for instance. But if that question comes up, it's certainly there. So it's about planning for the outliers and being able to tell a story in many different ways off of one single tool. It's so interesting. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, this sounds great. I agree. I mean, I, I don't, I think if you don't get happy opening an Apple box, there's something wrong with your head. I mean, it just, it is <laughs> that, you know what I mean? Of how they've done it. And yep. it is. So the experience is so thought about in, in, in so many different ways. So how, where do I begin? Because obviously Apple has a very expensive team that thinks of this. Like I never, it's so interesting you say that of how tight the box is. I never realized that because you kind of have to shake it a little bit every single time to actually exactly. it's open. And it slowly comes out. Yes. No, so I, there's a, <laughs> there's a couple of uh, books that I definitely always recommend that helped educate me outside of the scope of what my education was. Um, and then I also have a couple of websites that I always like to reference. So one of the main books that I'll talk about, I, I still want to leave some for the talk when, Absolutely. Uh, no, 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 no. we don't want to get into it all. No, no, but not by any means, but I will put it out there so people can maybe review this before the conversation, but there's a book named called hooked by near Eyal, and it's N I R E Y A L. And that's a fantastic one talking about how designs can have habit forming, um, results. And so what examples like that are, for instance, Pinterest, you know, how on a Pinterest board, all the, the, the tables are uh, staggered. So mm -hmm. at the very bottom of a page, you never see a complete image. That's on purpose because what our brain wants to do is always complete the image. So what that causes is infinite scrolling. Um, so he talks about that. He also talks about like Facebook. We're all guilty of this. You click the app icon, you open it, you refresh yeah. your feed. There's nothing. You hit the home button on your phone. And without even thinking about it, you hit the Facebook icon again to open it up to see if there's something new. 
we're all guilty of it. But what that's doing is we think that as soon as every time we uh, tap that Facebook icon, we're going to see the reward of new information on our newsfeed. So it really dives into a lot of examples about that and then educates you on a model on how you can apply it to your business as well. Okay. So interesting. And is there, um, I think design comes with a thought of it's going to cost a lot to do this. Is there like, obviously I like the book. Are there other ways on, on kind of doing it at a lower, I want to call it lower scale, but just that it, it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't. It really doesn't. As long as you have an open mind and you're willing to try new things on your own, a lot of people are capable of this. Um, I'll tell you, I've always been interested in design. I taught myself the Adobe suite when I was in middle school. And the way that I actually became really proficient in these tools is I would go on to like inspiration websites. Um, nowadays, we have sites like Dribble with three Bs or even Behance. Find other people's artwork out there and then follow tutorials that teach you the nooks and crannies of what Photoshop is and try recreating something that someone else has done that, you, that inspires you. Um, and then once you start doing that, you start kind of developing your own style. You start developing your own shortcuts on how to accomplish something. And if anything, you can start creating a rough draft or some sort of visualization before you turn it over to a professional designer that might polish it up and it'll save you a lot of time. I love it. Any, um, do you have any advice too? I know it's kind of getting out of the scope of what we're talking about, but even design, like how do you know it's working? Um, I mean, I've come from the usability testing world, so I've done all that, but on a, you know, on a smaller scale, how do you go about making sure what you're, what you're working on is doing as you want it to? I mean, what you really got to do is you got to get feedback from the very beginning. Um, the one thing is, is everybody says, I'm okay with constructive feedback, but then everybody gets their feelings hurt a little bit sometimes because it's yes. their baby. They put a lot of time and effort into it. Set your emotions aside. Put yourself in somebody else's shoe and truly empathize with them and try seeing it from their frame of mind. Um, the main thing is, is, like I keep saying, get that feedback early. Watch how people flow throughout the application. Watch how they're using it. Because just because you use it one way doesn't mean the rest of the world will. And oftentimes with people's products, I'm like this with Ariel too. I get too close to it. I use it every single day. I'm talking about it every single day. Sometimes you just need to get it in the hands of somebody or in front of somebody who's never used anything like it before and see how they, how intuitive, intuitive it is for them to use it and if they could figure it out without you having to walk them through it. That is a telltale sign you have good design. You know, going back to the uh, uh, iPhone box, you don't have to think about that. You know, I'm going to have to lift this top and then the product's going to be there. And then as soon as I move the phone, it's going to tell me how to set it up. You don't have to think about that. It should be that intuitive. Yeah. And I will add to your point. So it's funny is like I said, I used to do, it's my world was uh, IVR design. And um, it would be so funny because people would go through a design and they'd be doing what you want them to do and they'd fail miserably, right? Like just, but they don't want to mm-hmm. hurt your feelings. So they would just fail and you'd, and you'd ask, okay, so tell me about your experience. They're like, I loved it. I'm like, right. Hey. Like you failed, <laughs> you couldn't even get halfway through the thing to get your test done. So people do try to be really nice. So to your point of watch them experience it, you have to walk them through. Are they, you know, are you having to explain what they need to do to get to the end point? Um, that's some uh, tall tale signs, even if they quote unquote love it, uh, that it might exactly. not be great. 
But anyway, don't Kevin, ask your friends to test things out. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Unless they're very honest, then then you can exactly. But Kevin, exactly. thank you so much. I'm going to save the rest for the event. I think this is a great conversation, and and just in a perspective of like I've mentioned, don't write yourself off of a talk like this thinking, well, I don't really need it because you're going to be amazed at how much it can impact just so many different areas of, of your business. I mean, just even think of designing social media cards, you know, just what do you want them to do? What do you want them to experience when they see these certain things across um, all these channels? So if somebody wanted to reach you, uh, where is the best place to con- or find out more about you and, and, and contact you? Absolutely. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's under Kevin J Hart because obviously if you search Kevin Hart on the <laughs> internet, you're going to get a lot of the comedian. Um, so you can find me at Kevin J Hart on LinkedIn, or you can email me at K Hart, that's H-A-R-T, at Ariel.io. That's A-I-R-E-A-L dot I-O. Okay. Awesome. And then we will see you at the summit on June 18th and 19th, 19th, if I can talk. So uh, make sure you grab your tickets over at esummitevents.com. So Kevin, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time today to talk about this. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Bye, Kevin. Bye-bye.